Google's gotten advanced enough that you don't have to think about that stuff as much. You really okay. just write really well and Google has the brains to figure out what you're talking about. Today's show is sponsored by winthehourwintheday.com. We help you stop working so hard with our three-part formula, team, execution, and scale. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey friends, we are launching our winner's circle and we're going to cover things in it like how to get your ideas to execution fast, how to build an amazing team you can afford, the mastering the 60-40 win formula, and just ultimately stopping that foolish grinding it out because you know what? Your business should support your life, not consume it. Check out the link, the winner's circle. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day. And I am your host, Chris Ward. And today in the house, we have Ross Dunn from Stepforth. Is it Stepforth Marketing? Is that what you go by, Ross? Uh, Stepforth Web Marketing. Stepforth Web Marketing. Oh my heavens. Okay. So Ross is the man and he is going to enlighten us on all kinds of things today. We're going to talk about really like the seven biggest mistakes you are probably making right now on your website. And we're going to get into all kinds of conversation about that. Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. Okay. I don't normally dive into the past a lot because I'm all about, let's get to it. Let's give our audience, our listeners, like, you know, you guys, you think all the time I get spectacular testimonials and reviews from you. And I read every single one of them. And you guys always compliment me on the solid and tangible takeaways. So, you know, I'm all about that, but I do want to just back up for a second because Ross, has been really, frankly, doing websites before they were barely invented, honestly. And you wouldn't know that because he started really young. He's a young guy, but he started out, I'm telling you as if you don't know, Ross, he started out in a whale watching company in BC, in Canada. And then that company, Ross, wanted your help. Do you know how to build a website? And they needed a website, correct? That's right. Okay. And that's how your journey, your career, your passion began. Yeah, my all my training was in adventure tourism. I was going to create my own business like that. And uh, yeah, it sort of, well, accidentally pivoted in many ways. Well, that's a whale of a story, Ross, if I do say so myself. <laughs> there you go. So for all you people, there's a good dad joke for you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm just going to highlight because I think it's pretty spectacular, the stuff that you do. And um, yeah, so let's let's start with competitor intelligence. That's one of the things that you guys are spectacular at. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you think people are doing wrong with that? Sure. So uh, when you're looking at, uh, okay, so oftentimes we we work with a client to determine just which competitors are doing well and why, like what, what's going on. Um, we, we try and get that secret sauce and we have that ability to do that. So when we're doing this, they give us suggestions and the competitors they choose 
are often a little bit strange. And we, we have to, because we've done this enough times, we, we beg, well, why did you pick them? What is it about them that you chose? And oftentimes it's like, well, I've heard they're doing really well. It looks like they've got a nice office, you know, this and this and that. And I liken this to betting the farm on a 50-50 coin toss. Like it just, or with, with worse odds, really, you don't know what they are truly doing. They could be dead up over their eyeballs. They're, they're not doing anything properly online. And you're going to base your entire marketing strategy on that. No, 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 no. So because they look need- grown up, right? Yes. They look like grown ups. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's so important. Cause I know here I'm reading your stuff here and it's spectacular competitor intelligence. We are competitor ninjas. We go in the back door of your competitors and come out with the blueprint outlining the secrets of their results. Like, wow, man. Okay. So what you're saying, and I think we've all been privy to this, and I think social media is the monster that also feeds this. Like you go, oh, their website is pretty, or they look grown up, or he looks really polished, or she looks like she's, you know, all these declarations of how much they do. So you think, well, I'm going to trust what they say, and let's follow suit with them. But that's based on nothing other than like somebody like in grade nine, looking at somebody in grade 12, oh, they have it all together. (laughs) Or buying a new car just because it looks cool. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Or or buying a new car because that person that works in the office looks really successful and they've got the same car. So you think, well, I'll get that new car. I'll get their car and surely everything else will fall into place, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're saying that we're uneducated and misinformed and we just go to you know somebody that we deem to be a successful con- competitor, but we're not basing that on anything tangible, like no, no metrics of any sort. No, exactly. And so what are you truly measuring? I mean, if you focused on overall traffic, it's like assuming every person walking through a door at the local mall is going to buy. Right. Um, and, and, oh. and that's not effective. Most of the time, they're not. Some of them are just going for a walk. Some of them are getting warm because it's cold outside. <laughs> you never know, right? They're, they're surfing the net. They're checking out the website. Well, no. What is it about that what is your ideal client and what are they doing when they get to the site? And when you look at these competitors, we want to determine what are they focusing their marketing on? Um, are they doing a lot of content? Is that content getting shared a lot? Um, and we'll get into authority building in a bit, I'm sure. But it, it's what is their, what are they really, really focusing on? And of course, by identifying the, the competitors, we're looking at how well they're entrenched online. And are they entrenched under phrases, you know, everyone looks for keywords, phrases that are actually driving our high intent. These are people who are likely to come to your site and buy. Okay. So, all right, before he starts geeking out, cause he does need to be controlled sometimes. I, <laughs> I, see, I see it in his eyes. Okay. I think you brought up at a surface level, some really valuable points. So you're right. Just because everybody walks through the door of the mall doesn't mean they're buying. And so even I I would have thought, okay, let's take this at a very raw level. We look at their website and go, oh, they look like they got it together. And now you're taking one step further and saying, well, what if somebody really does look at their numbers and their traffic? Oh, but they got so much traffic. Well, maybe they're doing research or or sometimes, and I never even thought of this because I'm I'm so not a numbers person, but somebody mentioned, oh, like, oh, somebody's on your website a really long time. Yeah, they could have just left the browser open. No big deal. Don't get excited, right? So 
even if you're smart enough, which I probably wasn't, to look at the numbers. Now, we still don't know what that no, those numbers mean or why they're there. Or like you could be shopping on Amazon to be standing in a store doing price comparison. Hey, can I get this cheaper on Amazon? Doesn't mean I'm buying. It means I'm already standing in the store and I want to have it in my hand. But mm-hmm. is this a good purchase, right? So there's a, So there's a whole bunch of different ways to be looking at this. Exactly. Yeah. And, okay. and it's, it is, it's, it's a rabbit hole as I probably well explained. Yeah. <laughs> but just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So really noticing your, that, you know, be mindful who you're emulating and why, and you would argue that most of the time you're chasing, you know, you're emulating the wrong person. That's right. And right? our job is to make sure that we are choosing the right ones when we're doing our analysis mm-hmm. so that we can come up with the blueprints uh, of their success and, and, work with that to guide the rest of the marketing. Yeah. That's my big thing in life. That makes me sad. (laughs) No matter what you're doing, what breaks my heart. And I've done this so many times, and I'm sure you, maybe you guys can relate is when you are working so hard, but you're chasing the wrong thing. And I often liken it comparing everybody at one point in their life wants to lose five pounds. So I always compare it to like weight loss and fitness because we can all relate to that. So it's like when I see somebody and they're, you know, skipping meals and they're hungry and they're exercising and trying to lose weight. And then they have what they deem to be a healthy fruit drink, you know, from whatever. And it's really like a frosty. It's like 1500 calories, but they're chasing the wrong thing. And they're, it's so, it's so disheartening because they're working so hard, but they're chasing the wrong thing. And that's what you're telling us is like, we have this you know, these dollar signs or whatever in our eyes thinking, oh, this is the, the, this is the mountain we need to climb. And we're basing it on nothing, just Mm -hmm. the mountain in front of us. Right. Exactly. And I've been guilty of it myself. It's just, it's, it's human nature. It's like, oh, that guy looks cool. He must be doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know. Yeah. The, (laughs) uh, the internet is a very seductive and, and, and mean (laughs) monster. I'll tell you that. Okay. So, Another thing that you guys talk about is optimization boost. And for you, you talk about this is like adding rocket fuel to your car. Like, you know, it really supercharges your results. So what are you talking about? What is optimization boosting all about? Sure. Well, we want to make every page of your website crystal clear to Google. You know, it needs to present all the right signals. That way, when Google goes to the page, it knows where you want it to rank. You know, it's very, very clear. Now, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they over-optimize those pages. They're obsessed over writing for search engines versus paying attention to who's actually okay. going to read it. Let me, <laughs> sorry, interrupt for one second, back up. Just so we're all clear, when you mean optimizing, do you mean using yeah. keywords? Yes, sure. Okay. Yeah. Just start at basic level. So what you're saying is they over-optimize the page. So I might go and do research and say, here's my 50 or 60 keywords could be using. And now I'm over, I'm just like a drunken sailor. I don't know if that's even politically correct anymore, but let's throw that in there. (laughs) And (laughs) you're just getting all crazy and you're trying to optimize for everything. And you're trying to use too many keywords. That's right. Yeah. You're just obsessed on making it something that Google will like. You've read about all these, read these okay. articles that are often way out of date and you're just uh, trying to clog that page with words and, and really make them show up and make it no brainer that you're going to get a ranking for that. Well, that's no, these days you write for users. It's, it's wonderful. Google's gotten advanced enough that you don't have to think about that stuff as much. You really okay. just write 
really well. And Google has the brains to figure out what you're talking about. We just go in and, and tweak it a little bit to make it a little clearer for them. And there's different ways to do that. Okay. So what you're saying is do what you do, be you. And if this is the nature of your conversation, like in ours, we talk about building your team and outsourcing and leveraging your time and efficiency and productivity. If that comes up in our natural dialogue, write our articles, do that, do our blog, and don't get crazy, run out and find 47 different ways that we can say time management or productivity or systems or team building, right? Right. Okay. So just be you and it will take care of itself because- Google isn't a dummy. They have gotten by without our help this far. They've been struggling, but they've been figuring it out. And so they're going to know where to put us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just really be clear and just write naturally. Uh, okay. Write something that everyone would want to read um, okay. and make it really clear. And I guess also what you're trying to say, because Ross is a much nicer human being than I am. I guess what you're trying to say is like, look, we're not going to outsmart Google. So not only does it look unnatural when it's saturated and keyword overstuffed, but then also we're using, like, if you talked about, again, let's go back to fitness because it's silly. Then I would probably talk about whatever losing weight or something. If I was a, a fitness instructor, I'm not going to use 50 different words in one article to dictate that our dialogue just doesn't naturally follow that way. So then that is also a flag to Google. Exactly. Yeah. And they okay. look for unnatural phrasing and wording because there's a lot of artificial intelligent writers out there, literally oh. programs that'll write the words for you in the whole page. And they're looking for that. They don't want to see that. They want to see okay. actual value. Okay. Okay. So, so like everybody in life, they're looking for meaningful relationships. Yes. <laughs> okay. They're looking for sincere, meaningful relationships with people with substance. Okay. Oh, suddenly I okay. feel better about Google. I got it. All right. Okay. All right. This is, I'm learning a lot here, Ross. Okay. Excellent. All right. So then we talk about, you tend to talk also about ad empowerment, your company, you, you talk about it like being a buffet of ad options based on your likes, budget and goals. You make sure the audience knows where you are and what your problems solve, because man, that that's like deciding to me. I think one of um, my mentors explained to me, it's like going to Vegas to make sure you can lose the money. That's what she always says. Yeah. And which one you choose. I mean, they're not all created equal. Some of these ad right. platforms are going to be a complete waste of time for you. Um, right. If you have a small budget, you're going to want to put it in places that are really clever or, or, or you're, you're, sure, you're sure to get legitimate traffic that is likely to be high value. Um, some of the ad platforms are based on just getting you out there and brand. Well, branding is very expensive. And mm. it's probably not in many people's budgets just to do that. Now, one of the biggest mistakes they make, uh, uh, this one just gives me a cringe, is, is it's a Google trap. Uh, we'll do the marketing for you, says Google. Just pay us and we will handle it all for you. You know, So your ad campaign, we'll set it up, we'll manage it, all this stuff. It sounds wonderful. It's Google. They're working in your stead and it's fantastic. But do you really want to give the Google Fox... Uh, you know, keys to guard your hen house. Okay. So let me ask you about this. So I remember checking that out quite some time ago, a number of years ago. And here's the thing, because it does sound like to, to us, it sounds like the opposite. It sounds like 
if your bedroom is in my house, why don't I like, like, it sounds like you're, you're in then like they can't help but favor you. If you're paying them, you're paying to play. And then, but I did remember calling once about Google ads. And of course I got like a <laughs> staticky line and I was bounced around. <laughs> and then you very quickly go, as you speak to different people of varying levels of less English than the last person, you realize, oh, this isn't the establishment I thought it was. So you figure that out quickly, but it does sound very seductive. Like if they're the ones in charge of Google and they are Google, if nothing else, aren't you sort of buying favoritism on some level? No, no. And that's a, a very mis common misconception. It's not going to help at all in your organic rankings. Those are the ones you don't pay for. And it's, it's also not going to lead to a very profitable campaign. I know many people have used what they call AdWords Express. I don't know what they call it now, mm. this paid or this free system Google offers, but um, and they do fine. You know, they get some some visibility and they get some business. They're like, this is great. I don't have to do anything about it. So be it. But when they get it managed by someone who actually puts the time in, they can triple their profits for the same amount of spend. It's okay. You know, they just don't put that much time in. I mean, you can think about it from a pure um, legal perspective. How much trouble would they get in if they spent a lot of time optimizing everyone's marketing campaign? Because it would be like conflict it would of interest. Look like favoritism, and then they would be right. in trouble. Okay, that reminds me. Let us pick on the banks for a moment. That's kind of like if you're going to get do your retirement investment or even what maybe even your insurance, and you go to a bank, and then you've got a person sitting at a desk that handles like really the bank is dictating and handles all these accounts as far as your mutual funds or investment goes, versus going to a specialist. That's all they do because they're educated on it. They'll meet with you, your needs, whereas the bank is going by the bank's dictation and they're just handling thousands of accounts. So I think what I, you enlightened me on today, Ross, is it, I was thinking, well, I, I knew it wasn't a plan, but I can see why it looked like a plan. But what you're, what you're saying is really, you just got a bunch of low level gatekeepers handling mass volumes of work versus somebody like yourself who say, okay, let's sit down, let's have a strategy. Let's look at your stuff. You're not one of thousands and we'll figure out who you are and what you want versus just you pay me monthly and we go in and tweak some things around. That's right. Okay. All right. That was enlightening. Cause you can see where we get fooled. Like oh, oh, totally. they're Google, right? Uh, and it's Makes not sense. so bad for people to think that they're going to get some leverage by being with them. Yeah. Yeah. I can see In we got wise. that. Okay. Yeah, mind, yeah. So, so, so far the theme of our conversation is just stop looking at all this stuff at a surface level, like be mindful, whether you're prepared to act on it now or can afford to do so, or whether it's a priority or what have you just make sure you're just not following blindly or following the masses and saying, oh, well, this makes sense. So these are all, you know, that really was, you know, used to say back in the day, I don't know if people talk like this anymore, but your webpage is really your storefront. And we really have to be purposeful, like you are in a storefront, what displays and what happens. And we want to really make these decisions strategically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, there you go. Let's wrap this up. He said, exactly. We're done. No, I'm kidding. Stay, stay. <laughs> I got him to agree with <laughs> I me. I have nothing else to say. You've done it perfect. <laughs> I've done it all. Okay. So I know this is one of your favorites, I think, is authority building. Yes. Okay. Tell me what we don't know about authority building. Okay. Well, it's critical to show Google that you've earned the right to rank. Okay. Now, what does that mean? Well, 
how many billions of websites are out there, how many may be competing for the same spot you're trying to get. Google wants to prove, it wants to provide all of its visitors the best experience possible. They want to show the best websites. So you have to earn it. You can't just get there just willy-nilly. You have to earn the right to rank. Now, authority building is about it's about building those votes of confidence. Uh, and that can be a whole bunch of things. One is creating phenomenal content that people want to share, love and like. You know, they're, they're like, this is fantastic. I'm going to tell everyone about this because it could not be written any better than this. They stop, buck stops there. They don't go looking for any more content. Um, and what happens there is because of those social shares, because of all this amazing, um, uh, all these amazing signals coming in, Google says, wow, they can see this. They can see how many times it's shared, how many people are talking about it in comments, how many people are talking about it in social. That rubs off on you. It's a vote of confidence. And more of those adding up over time become this incredible authority. It's a lift. It lifts your business up and it shows that you are a thought leader in your market, that you have earned the right to rank. And that's why we think authority building is everything. You know, once you've got the base created, authority building is how you really push your way up into the, the results and continue to stay there. It's, it's also the cement that keeps you there. So you're not moving around so much in the rankings. Heaven help us. He makes it sound exciting. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> so I know for you, you're talking about how this gives your business some real muscle that it's really like you get in shape. So you have clout impact and stability for your business. So I think what I'm hearing for you, I know for us from this is the, <laughs> This is the first time we're taking content seriously, right? In the past, I've written blogs just to say I did, and they were at surface level. And now I'm writing these big freaking blogs that Google likes because it's a lot more words. And I think what I'm learning is instead of, because I know I hate it when I like, let's say, um, oh, one time there was, I was scrolling and Google and there was this thing. It was like the seven things you should, uh, whatever, seven things you should clean your house major things you should do every spring for your house. Like they made it seem like, okay. And I just bought a house and all this other stuff. So I was thinking, oh, maybe these were like, whatever, important things like to protect drainage or so it doesn't like serious house stuff. Right. And then it was like, change your thicker blankets to your thinner ones. And I'm like, what the, like, who couldn't figure that out? Right. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is that? You'd figure that out. A 10 year old be like, you know what? This blanket is now too heavy. I was, I thought it meant meaningful house stuff. And I thought this is so dumb, but so I hate those superficial ones that are just ridiculous, but they say seven things and they're all like so basic. So, but then of course, when you are time sensitive and you're rushing you all these things to do, you think, okay, I'll whip something up just so I can have a blog. But if I write something that is really delivering content and people are like, this is like, you should read this because this might change your perspective on whatever it is I'm presenting to the world. That's where you, I guess showing up to the date analogy, you just got to show up and have some meaningful conversation on that first date to get a second date. Yeah. And oftentimes I hear, well, all my competitors have written that content. Ah, uh, okay. Well, let's look at why all that content looks good. How can we do better? You know, let's okay. just make this amazing. The biggest mistake people are making is they're writing content that's so, oh, so dry and so basic. They're like, how many do I have to, words do I have to write? Is 500 okay? It's okay mm. if you've ticked off all the boxes and you've made this an amazing ultimate article is what we like to call them ultimates. If it's not, then, well, it depends what you're trying to achieve. Are you just trying to fill in the, the blanks on your site? Mm. How much help is that going to be? Or do you really want to make it? 
a mover and a shaker, evergreen content, the kind of thing, a cornerstone of your website. There are different intentions. Okay. So what is there a magic form? I know you just said there's not, but are, is there a parameter of which we should fall into for many words in an article? Uh, okay. There's tons of different research online, but the simple fact is you write until you believe it's worthwhile posting. Okay. If it's not, I got it. What's the point? I got it. Okay. I remember (laughs) remember in university, I think I actually told you this story. I remember in university, like I had to write, you know, I was in school. And so it was like one of my first big essays. It was something like 25,000 words, which I felt at that point, if I knew how to talk about this, that volume, I should have, I'd be teaching the course, but anyhow, and my boyfriend at the time worked for the university newspaper. So he was all about you pay for every word. And so uh, often him and my friends, we would proofread each other's essays and stuff. And he took a pen and went through half my word because the however's and the therefore's because I was like, I'm counting the words, right? He's like, <laughs> these are just fillers. You need a tighter argument. And I, I'm a pretty strong person, but I think I teared up like, buddy, listen to me. <laughs> I don't have 10,000 words of tight content, right? Oh. So I think when you're back to the essay days is stop trying to just make it stretch because you have to make it stretch. Exactly. Yeah. Oh just, my gosh. It's, it's one of those things that people often over, well, you've told me before, we've, we've talked before about sales. There's a certain point you just stop talking. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Oh my heavens. We learned lots so far. Okay. All right, Ross, we're almost out of time. Uh, We could talk to you. We should make this a three-part series. We could talk to you all day. So tell us what's one last thing you think people just don't know that they don't know, or, or they're missing the boat on. Well, one of the fundamentals when people come and talk to us about their marketing, how excited they are about working with us or how, why they're confused. Let's say this better. They're confused why they're not doing better. Oftentimes they don't even know what they're supposed to track. They don't have a success dashboard. They have no way to know what is working and what isn't because they haven't set any baselines. They don't even have analytics set up on their website. There are tons of tools out there. Hell, there's one and there's a great free tip here too. If you just type in Google search console online, if you've got a website, Make sure you have access to your Google search console. It is Google's back door. It's everything they know about your website that they want to share with you. And if there's any issues that they can alert you to, they will. But that's the only place they'll do it. So if you're not logged in there, you won't know what's wrong with your website if there is any problems. That's a simple, big, big step that can have amazing implications for your website. But on top of that, just determine, you know, uh, you were talking about it, a person just staying on a page. Is that a good client, a potential, a prospect? No. But if they go to each one of your service pages and they seem to spend a little time on each one, that's all trackable, by the way, in analytics. It's, it's yes, a little technical, but it's not overly. It just takes a little bit of learning and you'll know which one is good. And those are the kind of people you want to target. And a good marketing company will pick that out in a heartbeat. Okay. So we're going to put that in the show notes, but just in case I want to repeat that Google search console, it's free. Check it out online. Check it out on Google. They'll die. It's send you in the right place. <laughs> They'll die. Direct you. Okay. Ross, you have been a blast. Thank you so much. You've given us some really powerful things to think of. Where can people reach out and find more of your brilliance? Well, thank you. Triple uh, stepforth.com or just stepforth.com. Okay. We'll take you there. So that's S T E P forth.com. And uh, there's a, uh, I offer a uh, bit of a walkthrough if you'd like to, there's at the top, there's a free inquiry and just okay. uh, 
I'll, I'll do a strategy call with you and walk through what uh, you're doing right and doing wrong. And I just love meeting new people. So yeah, give it a chance. I'd love to talk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ross. We appreciate you and everyone else. We will see you in the next episode. Hey, everyone. Don't forget to hop on over to freegiftfromchris.com. That's free gift, G-I-F-T, from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. We are always putting goodies in there for you so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.